You are listening to Daily Devotions with Pastor Robert Marsbach. We believe that these devotions will encourage and strengthen you. So tune in, connect, and be blessed. For any more information, please visit us online at lifechurchuk.org. Welcome to Life Devotions, and thank you for joining me today. Do not become idolaters, is the title of this devotion. You know, we do have in the New Testament, in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, where the Lord says, do not be deceived. Idolaters will not inherit the kingdom of God. And it shows you also in Galatians chapter 5 that one of the characteristics of sinful flesh, of a nature, of a flesh nature without God's indwelling presence is idolatry, is one of those expressions, anger, outbursts of wrath, lusts and immoralities and so forth, you could see there are the works of the flesh. So any of us can be vulnerable to be idolatrous. And the Bible gives us a real powerful example of how that can spoil everything. And idolatry is not always as obvious, which is why it says, 1 Corinthians 6, do not be deceived. It's not always as obvious when something has snared us and captivated our affections to the degree that it leads us away from the Lord or it obscures our intimacy with Him. We all of a sudden cannot anymore enjoy fellowship with Him. Here in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, of which I'm reading this week, in verse 7 it says, And do not become idolaters, the title of this devotion, as were some of them, as is written, the people sat down to eat and to drink and rose up to play. So when you go with me to... um, to uh, Exodus chapter 32, it begins to show us what the, uh, what the Lord is pointing to as an example for us to, to um, shun, to be careful of. I, I'm going to go ahead and use my living Bible because it just puts it in words that are quicker for us to grasp. Just the first eight verses of Exodus chapter 32, okay? When Moses didn't come back down from the mountain right away, the people went to Aaron. Look, they said, make us a God to lead us, for this fellow Moses who brought us here from Egypt has disappeared. Something must have happened to him. Give me your gold earrings, Aaron replied. So they all did, men and women, boys and girls, Aaron melted the gold, the gold, then molded and tooled it into the form of a calf. And the people exclaimed, O Israel, this is the God that brought you out of Egypt. When Aaron saw how happy the people were, this is so key, what I'm reading. That's why I felt to use the living because of the way it says it here that helps us grasp the point right away. Oh Israel, this is the God that brought you out of Egypt. When Aaron saw how happy the people were about it, he built an altar before the calf and announced, 
Tomorrow there will be a feast to the Lord. So they were up early the next morning and began offering burnt offerings and peace offerings to the calf idol. Afterwards, they sat down to feast and drink at a wild party followed by sexual immorality. Then the Lord told Moses, quick, go down for your people that you brought from Egypt have defiled themselves and have quickly abandoned all my laws that they, they have molded themselves a calf, worshiped it, sacrificed to it and said, this is your God, O Israel, that brought you out of Egypt. Back to verse five. When Aaron saw how happy the people were about it, he said, tomorrow we're going to feast. So what is the point that the scripture shows you? It is within the human heart because of our roots of divinity to worship. It is within our hearts to admire beauty, to enjoy beauty, to love to look at beauty because the Bible says in Psalm 34, David says, they looked to him, the Lord, and became radiant, and their faces were not ashamed. You see, it is being given within us to look to God and emanate, radiate his glory. Oh, you read 2 Thessalonians 1 verse 10 and so many other scriptures, 2 Corinthians 3, 17, 18, and on and on and on. You see, friends, God has put this yearning in the human heart to worship Him. He is the object of our worship, our beauty, the beauty of His holiness, the splendor and majesty of the Lord. And the scriptures goes on and on about this. You see, we were created for this. But friends, we can be deceived and that we begin to admire delight ourselves in other things and it captures our affections and it pulls on us and we serve it. We do what it's pulling demands and we worship it. It begins to replace our devotion to God. It begins to take all of our time. It maybe it begins out to be a small part, but eventually it is the main part of our life and it's become an idol. It's become something that begins to defile us and corrupt us and we begin to admire it. We begin to serve it. We begin to, to show by our actions and our times we give that it has a greater value than other things. And that is what you see they begin to feast around it. It began to become the thing that makes them, that's what they talk about. I remember sitting at the lunch table uh, of a man of God and his team and the minister asked me, could you, could you talk to us? And, you know, this was after church. And the first thought that came to me from the Lord, I said, when you come together as a team, as a leadership team of the church, what is the buzz. What causes you all to, to jump in and here we go. We're having a feast. We're enjoying fellowship. 
world be the buzz of your communion. Let the Lord himself be the buzz of your communion. Let him be the one we feast around, we celebrate around. And the next moment, one of the other leaders came in and the first thing that came out of that person's mouth, have you seen this movie? Now, I know that it's maybe coincidence, but it made a powerful point. You see, any of us friends are vulnerable to become idolatrous. And it is not always as obvious. Sometimes it, it just sneaks upon you and you just all of a sudden find yourself enticed to begin to serve things that do not honor God and please God. I'll read to you Deuteronomy chapter 12, verse 1. These are the statutes and judgments which you shall be careful to observe in the land which the Lord your God of your fathers is giving you to possess all the days that you live on the earth. You shall utterly destroy all the places where the nations which you shall dispossess served their gods on the high mountains and on the hills and under every green tree. And you shall destroy their altars, break their sacred pillars, burn their wooden image with fires. You shall cut down their carved images of their gods and destroy their names from the place. You shall not worship the Lord your God with such things. You see, one of the reasons these seven nations were dispossessed by God's people is because they had become completely idolatrous. True. You study the scripture. Then you see when Abraham was led by the Lord into the land that was allotted to him by promise, that the Lord said to Abraham, it will be 400 years, 430 years, that the children of Israel will be in Egypt because the time of the fullness of the iniquity of the seven nations is not yet. And if you think about it, listen closely now, God said that to Abraham 465 years after the flood. So if you add another 430 years to 465, you got some 900 years, almost a thousand years, right? From the flood to the destruction of those seven nations is only about a thousand years. If you think about it, when, when Enoch walked with the Lord, when he was 65 years old, he begot Methuselah. Methuselah. Methu Enoch was taken up by the Lord into heaven. Methuselah was 996 years old. So you're talking about almost a thousand years between Enoch being taken up into heaven and to the great flood. In other words, the Lord shows you and me how quick things can change on earth when men and women become idolatrous. Friends, we must know no idolatry. I don't want to know any other image. I don't want to know 
any other image but Christ formed in me. I know I was predestined to become like him. He is the only true image of the invisible God. He is the physical representation of the invisible. In him we see the fullness of the Godhead bodily. These scriptures you'll find in Colossians 2 verse 9 and 10 and in, in John 1 verse 18 and in Hebrews chapter 1 verse 2 and 3 and on and on. It's all there, friends. Oh, my dear friends, my heart longs to see a body of Christ that knows no idolatry that our worship is the Lord, that we feast around the conscious knowledge of His loving presence in us and among us, that our greatest joy is to be with Him, that we find our utter satisfaction in His presence as we, as we gather together in His name, like Jesus said, where two or three are gathered in my name, I am in the midst of them. What makes us feast, what makes us rejoice, what makes us enjoy fellowship together is the Lord Himself, and that is the absence of idolatry. In 1 John chapter 2, verse 15, please. Do not love or cherish the world or the things that are in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that's in the world, the lust of the flesh, craving for sensual gratification, the lust of the eyes, greedy longing of the mind, and the pride of life, assurance of one's own resources or in the stability of earthly things. These do not come from the Father, but are from the world itself. And the world is passing away and disappearing, and with it the forbidding cravings, the passionate desires, the lust of it. But he who does the will of God and carries out his purposes in his life abides and remains forever. So let me close with this thought, friends. The absence of idolatry is the most important point of this devotion, that we find our fulfillment and satisfaction in the Lord. But often, like for example here in Psalm 107, we can see the journey to learning this can be not always so straightforward. They wandered in the wilderness, Psalm 107, verse 4. And in a desolate way, they found no city to dwell in, hungry, hungry and thirsty. Their soul fainted in them. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and He delivered them out of their distresses and led them forth by the right way that they might go to the city for a dwelling place. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for His goodness, for the wonderful works to the children of men for he satisfies the longing soul and fills the hungry soul with goodness. Oh, I love that verse 9 of, of Psalm 107. He satisfies the longing soul and fills the hungry soul with goodness. See, all of our souls have a divine craving in it for satisfaction, but that satisfaction is to be found in the Lord himself. Oh, the Lord is my joy and the rejoicing of my heart. In Him I am complete. In Him I'm like nothing. He is my shepherd, I shall not want. 
He satisfies me with marrow and fatness. My lips shall praise him. Thus will I bless him while I live. I'm quoting here from Psalm 63. Oh, he says, oh God, you are my God. Early I will seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you. Here you see a heart that knows no idolatry in the dry and thirsty land where there's no water. So I have looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory because your loving kindness is better than life. My lips will praise you. Thus I will bless you while I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness and my mouth shall praise you with joyful lips. When I remember you on my bed, I meditate on you in the night watches because you have been my help. Therefore, in the shadow of your wings, I rejoice. My soul follows close behind you. Your right hand upholds me. Oh, come on, friends. Do not become idolatrous, but be godly, holy, satisfied, complete in the Lord. Begin to pray it and say it. Begin to say it when you feel the pain of your longing soul, of your wanting soul, of your wanting desires, of your needy flesh. When you feel the groaning of it, the pain of it, you say, Father, you are my satisfaction. In you I'm complete. In you I lack nothing. You are more than enough for me. My lips will praise you. Thus will I bless you. Your love is better to me than life itself. And There's that fountain of living water springing up within you and satisfying you with the utter joys of His unfailing love and mercy. Amen. Have a good day.